Come on and love him. Oh, I praise you. Mm, I bless your holy name, Lord. Thank you for this great, glorious spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Lord, holy Lord. Thank God and thank God. Oh, Lord. Tell you what we're going to do. We'll put all our choir ladies down over here and all our choir men down over here. And we're going to sing a little bit more. And we're going to worship the Lord here. This good spirit of God that's in this place. Let's take this time and lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Come on now. Oh, yeah. Come on. I won't wait till my troubles are over. Yeah. I'm going to dance till the victory comes. I'm going to pay my victory in Jesus' name. Feel free to join in. Although the walls are ten feet tall, I'm going to make it. Yeah. Oh! 
Victory Lord, Holy Ghost, Victory Lord. Yeah. I'm gonna dance, shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. Dance, shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. Dance, shout unto the Lord. I'm gonna praise my Jesus like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, great and mighty God and holy and righteous King. Thank you for the truth, Lord. Thank you for the love and the power of the Almighty God. We praise you. We need you. We worship you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Thank God and thank God. We praise your name, Lord. Jesus' great name. Let's give the Lord a big hand together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We'll worship the Lord and find a seat in close. And we're glad to be right here. And feel what we're feeling, experience what we're experiencing. And be in the presence of the Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God, a great God, and a mighty God. Holy and loving and kind and merciful. Keep your minds right on Him and feel after His presence in this service. Everybody said amen. It's good to have each and every one of you that are here tonight. And I have just gotten done saying that I wanted to hear a, a word from Lake Placid and Flora testified and a few more minutes later Pastor Hopper walked in so we'll get to hear a good word from Pastor Hopper and get a good report praise the Lord everybody for those of you that don't know we serve an amazing God amen amen God is so good he is answering prayer in many different avenues and we're very thankful for that tonight it's amazing when you pray in faith believing and you continue in faith waiting for God to provide the answer he always does it amen and I always <clears throat> want to be able to have the strength to be able to stay 
and be able to just wait on God to open the door. Amen. When we try to open the door ourselves, it doesn't work. Um, it's going to fall apart. It's not going to be God's will. But when you pray in faith, believing, waiting for God to give the answer, it's the right thing. And when God does it, the scripture says nothing's going to come against it. Nothing's going to tear it down. Nothing. It, it may try, but it ain't going to happen because God's going to be victorious no matter what. Amen. And I'm so thankful for that. God is opening many good doors in Lake Placid. Many, uh, we're out in outreach yesterday, and, and people that used to just completely ignore us when nothing to do with this now, they're opening up. Had a good conversation with a lady for about an hour yesterday that used to call Brother Chuck the devil and said, I'm going to kill that man. And now she wants prayer. Now she's trying to make attempts to come to service. Amen. <clears throat> so see, <laughs> after a while, people start seeing what the real deal is and start seeing that you're not out there for the wrong reasons and they start opening. And she said yesterday to me, she said, I like you guys because you speak truth. I said, that's right. I said, what we speak to you, we'll show you in the Bible what we're saying. We're not just making something up that make you feel good. We're going to show you how God can deliver you from your situation. Amen. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's many things just, just as that. And, and to me, some of the biggest victories that we're having in Lake Class is just that people are finally starting to have conversation finally starting to call us for things and they need things, and that means a lot. That means they're starting to open up. They're starting to inquire more, and I'm very thankful for that, and God is doing a great work. Amen. The writer said in one place, one thing, if I desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in this temple. And I was thinking about that this morning and realizing when you – hear a statement like that and you come to a service like that you realize why something like that makes sense because when you come into the house of God you feel much better you start letting the Holy Ghost work in your heart it changes things it changes your mind that's why the writer said oh Lord create in me a clean heart and renew in me again that right spirit the devil tries to put so many different spirits and mindsets and, and confusion in your mind and you can get wrapped up in all that kind of thinking but when you come to a Holy Ghost service there, there are things that begin to fall off their, their, their mindsets that start to fall off their emotions start to fall off it starts to cut through all the garbage there that's why the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword of piercing even the dividing of soul and spirit it starts cutting off all that carnality it starts cutting off all that garbage of this world and you can start feeling what life is really about and that's the Holy Ghost that's getting in here and putting all that garbage aside and saying oh Lord you fill me up with what I really need tonight I need a good fresh touch of your spirit here amen Amen. If we can just dwell in that presence of Scripture, you start walking in the Spirit. The Scripture said you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to. I don't want to just have church right here. I want church to go with me tonight when I walk out of these doors. I want the Spirit of the Lord to continue with me everywhere that I go, that I'm going to be able to keep my mind in the right order, that when the devil comes, I'm going to say, no, devil, that's not the way I think anymore. That's not the way I act anymore. God's doing a work in my life. Amen. Amen. Some people want to get shy about what God's doing. I'm not shy about what God's doing because this is my ticket out of here. The, the Bible says he's making a way of escape for us, and I'm proud of my way of escape tonight. I'm excited about the way that God's opened up for me and you tonight to be able to come to him and to be able to worship and to be able to call upon him and, more importantly, to be able to feel him in our presence. Amen. Amen. God is good. 
Amen. And I'm so happy to be able to be in church, to be able to call upon his name, to be able to have his truth and a chance to be able to go to heaven. Amen. That's not a small thing. That's the most important thing. I talked to a guy, you may be seeing for just a moment, I talked to a guy on the way out of town tonight, and uh, he, we've, I had Bible study with him for quite a few weeks, and, and all of a sudden he disappeared, and I heard that he went to jail, and I pulled up to him, and I said, I said, hey, man, I haven't seen him for a while. What's been going on? I said, I said, I heard you got locked up. He's all just for a day. No big deal. And I said, okay. I said, you know, a day, a week, a month, you know, is, is there a difference to it? I mean, you go to jail, you go to jail, and he's just like, no, nah, I just... You know, just the usual, you know, just driving again. I wasn't supposed to be driving and, you know, so on. And I said, okay. I said, I said, so what's going on? I said, he said, I'm doing good. I'm working seven days a week. Got two jobs now. Your prayer really worked. I got another job, man. Things are going great. I said, uh, he goes, you know, I'm working Monday through Friday one place and look, working at this liquor store here on Saturday and Sunday. I said, I didn't pray for that one. <laughs> I said, uh, I said uh, he goes, so I said, I really appreciate your prayer. God really answered the prayer and I got a job. And I said, well, I said, you know, the problem is, I said, there's no, I'm not hearing any church involved in that. I said, where's Bible say? Where's church at? Ah, you know, you know, you know, just busy. I said, oh, I said, you know, we had a Bible say one time about gaining the whole world and losing your soul. I said, so what's really important here? And I said, you get all these jobs, then what are you going to do? I said, you lose your soul. I said, that's the only thing that matters. I said, I said, I said, I told you. I said, you need to get repented. You need to get baptized. You need to get the Holy Ghost. Man, you tell me that every time you see me. I said, exactly. I said, has it not clicked in your mind yet? That's the only thing that matters is being born of water and being born of the Spirit. Ha! That's the only way you're going to be able to get out of your mess when you finally humble yourself before God and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm just making a mess of things. I need you to take control here. I need you to run this show because I don't want to mess it up. Amen. I'm so glad to be where the Holy Ghost is moving tonight. I'm so glad that I've got, that the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. There is liberty in the house of God tonight to worship and to call upon Him. You need victory now. All you got to do is start praising Him. Say, Lord, I'm ready for my victory. I'm ready for my touch. I'm ready for the Holy Ghost. I'm ready for your anointing to do a work in me here. Amen. I'm not waiting for another service. I'm, I'm, I've come tonight. I've come expecting tonight, Lord, I, I need your touch. I need your anointing. I need you to move here. I need you to answer here. Amen. You come in faith believing God's going to answer. God's going to show up. God's right there ready at all times. The scripture said, whosoever will, just let him come. He's just waiting on you to come on out and, and step out of your comfort zone and say, here I am. Get out of the way and let God show you what he can do. Amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord tonight. I'm going to dance for you like nobody's watching me, nobody's watching me and dance for you, my Lord. I'm going to sing for you like nobody's listening, nobody's listening and sing for you, my Lord.
nothing else matters, nothing else matters than worship you, my Lord. I'm going to worship you like nothing else matters, nothing else matters than worship you, my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this great truth. I thank you, Jesus. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, I'd like to turn to the book of Psalms tonight. Psalm 23. Beautiful spirit here tonight, presence of the Lord. Good time for you to exercise now faith, okay, now faith, not yesterday's faith, and not what you're going to do in the future, okay? but now, right now, present tense, now faith. How many times did uh, Jesus speak a word and there were those that believed him, and of course there were those that did not, 12 apostles and one of them was a traitor, and one of them was a doubter. And uh, thank God that the, the doubter cast away his doubt and started using his God-given faith. 
glad for the result that took place. But nonetheless, in a moment when time was a-wasting, you know, he was just beating his gums together and telling the different ones, you know, well, not until I put my fingers in the nail-scarred hands, you know, and not this and not the other. That's the only time I'm going to believe. All that time just wasting when it could have just gone ahead and been believing and we could have been moving down the road. One man, somebody said something to me the other day, and I said, yeah. I said, well, there's a guy in the Bible that uh, he came to the prophet's abode, and the he popped off pretty badly he, as the prophet began to prophesy and foretell something that was going to take place, and it was a good thing. You know, there was this congregation one time, and there was a, an older woman, and every time she turned around, she was wanting to give off an utterance. And um, there's a difference between speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance and you just giving out an utterance. And she was giving out one of her utterances, and everybody just, you know, kind of feeling the cold water being dumped all over them. And, and, uh, but when she gave the interpretation thereof, uh, somebody remarked and said, well, thank God. Uh, God's not going to kill us this time. He said something nice. So, uh, you know, uh, what I'm saying is this prophet prophesied and was telling how that in a time of great famine that uh, God was going to do a beautiful thing and, and that uh, it was going to just be so much food provided. And um, this one guy has to pop off, you know, and instead of the man of God prophesying, instead of him leaping under that in faith and saying yes and amen, he said, huh, God have to open the windows of heaven for that to happen. So the man of God, I imagine, you know, one eye kind of popped open and he looked at that guy and he said, he said, oh, it's going to happen. He said, but you're not going to see it. And that's exactly what took place. Let's not miss the things of God the good things that God is saying. Let's not miss it because of an evil heart of unbelief. You ever read that in the Bible? People departed because of an evil heart of unbelief. Let's have a heart filled with faith. Let When, when this word is preached, just put out a gangplank and say, that's my faith. I've got it out there. Just walk those words right into my mind. I'm believing what you're saying. I'm going to take you at your word. Everybody said amen. amen. Psalm 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I'm going to read you a different translation tonight. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not lack. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. From the Word of God, I'm going to read to you from Luke's account. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Verse 35 of Luke 22. And he said unto them, When I sent you without... Everybody said without. Without purse, 
and scrip and shoes. Lacked ye anything? And they said, Nothing. Then said he unto them, But now, now, right now, how quickly God can change the order of things. I've seen him change the order of his service just like that. You know, look like everybody's settled in and it's going to be the way the service is going to go. And pow! All of a sudden, God do something and the whole order of the service will be changed. Here the Lord is, has sent them to do certain things. According to Matthew's account, chapter 10, he sent them out to go into the city to heal the sick and to pray for people and bring the peace of God to people and preach the gospel to people and teach them, show them how to repent. And so he says to them now, he said, when I did that, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. And he said, but now, I'm going to have a little change in things. Everybody said, amen. He that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise, his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. So Jesus was getting ready to finish out his earthly ministry. He was getting ready to give his life on the cross. And he was preparing them for what was going to take place. I brought you to a certain point, and I've shown you. I sent you out with nothing but me, my power, my word, and your faith in it. And he said, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing, nothing. And so he began to tell them, now there will be other things that you can add to your faith, and you can go out, and you can begin to do the work of the Lord. Because as he said in another place, he said, whither I go, you cannot come. You know, I'm getting ready to leave. And everything that Jesus was doing had eternal purpose to it. Every step he took, he was fulfilling scriptures that were written of him. And as he told them, search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life, he said, for they are they that tell you or testify of me. He made it clear as they would rail against him and they would pick his words apart. As he told them one day, he said about, he made a reference about Abraham. And they said, how do you know Abraham? You're not even 40 years old. Boy, that was, they missed it badly. He wasn't even barely 30 years old. They were heaping it on him, weren't they? But uh, somebody told me the other day, they called me young man, and I said, you can say that all day long. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I might even pay you a quarter. Keep on. Put it in the machine, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. So for you as an individual to realize that the Lord said very plainly, he said before Abraham was, he said, I am. And they're trying to figure out how is it that you're not yet 40 years old and, and you're claiming you've seen Abraham? And he's telling them, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. You know, the devil can play with the mind. 
and he can make people feel like they know oh so much. And here he is, not just the creator of the worlds, you might want to check Hebrews, that's plural, but also the fact that he put the whole universe into creation and into motion. And as different bands of stars are named, and you know the more they send Mr. Hubble out deeper into space, it just keeps getting bigger. You know, it just keeps getting bigger. They haven't been able to find the end of this thing. But you know what? You and I, we know the end. We know the beginning and we know the end. We know the first and the last. We know the Alpha and the Omega. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the author of it all. He's the captain of our salvation. Amen. He's the supplier of all of our needs. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. When you read your Bible, you are, uh, I'm reading mine. I'm reading Brother Wickley's. I'm having a good time reading mine. And, uh, I, I, I like to fire his up sometimes. So I'll use it a little bit and load it, you know. So I tell the guys when they take mine, I say, watch out, that's loaded. Amen. Well, the, uh, the good word of God, as you read it, we've told you many times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four accounts of the one gospel, book of Acts, a history of the church in action, going forth, used of the Holy Ghost, and no amen at the end of it, the church is trucking right on, and here we are almost 2,000 years down the road, and we have churches that the Lord has blessed us to start as we reach out to start more and do more. And uh, the enemy wants to create loads on our shoulders. But you know what? Our God is a big God. And as he said, when I sent you out, it didn't look like you had nothing. How did it go? Lack anything? Nothing. It's all good. I like when God's people don't have a, the mully grubs. I like when they're not complainers. I told a lawyer not too long ago, I, I said, uh, I like uh, that we talk sometimes about the the 11th commandment and I said my 11th commandment is thou shalt not complain and somebody was sitting by who one time had lifted up their voice and said, oh that's not in the Bible <laughs> and the young person that they said it to came back to me and I said oh yes it is I said it may not say the 11th commandment I said but it certainly teaches that there would be no complaining in our streets thou shalt not complain if you're not complaining, then there's no complaining in our streets. If everybody's doing their job about that, aren't they? And that's what, how we want to be. We want praise in our streets. We want worship. We want a, a dance, a Holy Ghost dance. I don't want your little cha-di-ya-cha-cha thing that you learned out at the club somewhere. I want a holy dance. I want a worshipful dance. I want God to be glorified. I want Him to be magnified. And I, I want you to continue to praise Him when the music stops as much as I like the music. You get your mind on God, and you praise Him, and you magnify Him, and you worship Him. And you don't do it with a complaint. You do it with a praise. Amen. And in the face of a doubting spirit, you speak faith. You quote chapter and verse. You bring the Word of God. Amen. You meet that devil, and you meet him with the sword of the Spirit. You meet him with the helmet of salvation. You take to you the whole armor of God, and you can put the devil on the run. 
Amen. Amen. Well, as you move from the book of Acts, you come to the book of the epistle or the book of Romans, which is a message to the church, the new church that got started at Rome. And then you move on into the rest of the books of the New Testament, right through to Revelation. Well, uh, I would like you to understand that those are messages or instructions, messages, letters, epistles that are given to the body of Christ, delivered to the angel of the church or the pastor of the church to bring to the congregation the word of God to instruct us to now that you're saved, book of Acts, this is how you're going to stay saved. You know, people can uh, play any sport, I guess, or do any lesson in anything, and, and there'll always be another lesson. There'll always be another thing to learn, well, so that you can get better at whatever you're trying to get better at. Well, how much more so the things of God? And Romans to Revelation is there for you to get better, for you to grow in grace and knowledge. And if you learn this, and you practice this, well, it won't hurt your knee. Won't pop your back out. Won't break your arm. This will do you good. This will help you. This goes beyond this life. You can spend your life now pursuing all kinds of things that can do you no eternal good whatsoever. As it was quoted today or tonight, uh, if, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world? If your pursuit, ten lepers, Jesus looks at them, one guy's missing his nose. Another guy's ear is gone. Another guy, big open sore on his face, and, and they're crying unclean and warning people, don't get near us. We're sick. We're diseased. And the law demands that we scream out and cry out and stay away from everybody because we have, we have leprosy. We have open, running, oozing, nasty sores coming all over us. Isn't that yucky? That's how it was. And... Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> seems that Feld told me, reading a testimony of a preacher and his wife, and how that God sent them to a leper colony. And they begin to do a work among the lepers. And um, the woman, I guess at that time, she wasn't what we'd call a hearty soul. She wasn't a pioneering spirit. She was little Miss Pissy. among the lepers. And um, when they'd put out their stump to shake your hand, she didn't want to do that. And they, they realized it, and they knew. And so one night, the Lord woke her up. <clears throat> you know, the Lord wakes you up. There's no rolling over. Knew <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one preacher. Uh, he was a great preacher. Bruce and Fell got the, one of the last ones to get the Holy Ghost under his ministry old brother Joe Duke, and he stayed at a preacher's home, and um, one morning around 2 in the morning, oh, he was blind. Did I tell you he was blind? He was blind. Joe Duke was blind. And I'd watch him. I'd watch him uh, out in the parking lot at the church down in Miami when he'd come to preach, and he'd get at one end of the parking lot, man, just blind, right? And he'd just, he'd just start, oh, God, oh, God, and he'd just be going along, oh, God, and he'd be praying right out there in the parking lot. And he'd get right to the edge of the parking lot, and he'd, whoop, Turn right around and go back the other way. And I'd always marvel, you know. I don't know if he had it down to steps or just a good Holy Ghost, but he would do that. Well, one morning, way over in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 
he was staying at this preacher's house preaching revival for him. But 2 o'clock in the morning, the preacher told me, he said, I heard this pounding. And he said he heard Joe Duke going, all right, God, I'm coming, God, all right, God. And he was pounding the wall to find his way out of the guy's house so he could get over to the church house and have prayer. <laughs> and, you know, that'll make you laugh, but it'll make you cry too. And, uh, but, you know, you want to you wanna let this Holy Ghost get a hold of you. You want to you wanna operate in the spirit here. We're not interested in the flesh. And you want to stay saved. And you want to keep learning, growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the lepers, ten of them, were filled with all this leprosy. And this woman is sent by God with her husband to bring the truth to them. And she don't want to touch anything. She doesn't, <laughs> she don't want to get near nothing. You know, she's prissy. That's what we call prissy. You know, I don't want I don't want any women that are, I'm not looking for that. But you know, you gotta you gotta get involved here. You know, you can't you can't be afraid to sweat a little bit. <laughs> you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty a little bit, you know, to get involved. You don't want to be a spectator, you want to be a participator. You want to get into this thing. You don't want to let the, the Spirit of the Lord, what's the old song, don't pass me by? You don't want to let this thing pass you by. You know? And you don't want your prayers to be, oh, Jesus. Lord, love you, Lord. You know? Maybe you should pray like you yell at your sister or your brother, come on, God! <laughs> you know? Put something into it. Wake up at least. You know. Give yourself a good talking to. Had one preacher's wife that uh, the Lord arranged her. First of all, he arranged her to a husband. How great is that, huh? You know? And uh, I'm glad for people to get married, and I'm glad for God to make marriages in heaven. I'm glad for things to be done in a manner that we're going to have Holy Ghost success. And um, so the Lord gave this young lady a, a husband, preacher husband. And um, so they were, uh, he was already starting to preach as a young man in a town that his father had preached in and done a work. And he, he took over that work. His father had gotten very elderly, and he was probably the last ship off the block. And, and so he's, uh, he's 18, 19 years old now, and he's getting under the load of the work. And he meets this young lady, and uh, he asks her to marry him, and so everything gets done right and proper. And, um, boy, she just crying the blues all the time. She just didn't like the town. Probably the first thing that was wrong was there was no Walmart in it. And I guess on her list of things that have to be to do the, the will of God and the work of God, there's got to at least be a Walmart, Lord. And uh, ain't no Gaza desert for her. Uh, of course, that means there'll be no chariot, and there'll be no plane air ride either. Hmm? So, you know, if there's no blind eyes, then there's no blind eyes healed either. So anyway, 
she um, told this on herself. She said she was complaining and complaining and boo-hooing and crying and, and just acting all that way. And so finally one day she felt impressed to the Lord, and she just decided to have a, give herself a good talking to. Now, I don't know if she was slapping herself. I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> but she gave herself a real good talking to. And she said, you know, when I got done talking to myself and telling myself how ungrateful and unthankful I was, and how these people need the church, and they're lost, and this is a great place to do the work of God. She said, everything changed. The sun was shining. The sky was blue. My mind was in the right place, the right attitude. She was seeing things differently. Now, faith. If you could understand that the Lord is your shepherd, and he's going to see to it that you don't lack. And you need to have faith in that. Everybody said amen. amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. So, you know, why waste time? Just letting days and weeks and time go by when you're rousing around and complaining and belly aching. You know? And all the while, here's the Lord, you know, and, and he's just wanting to get things going on down the road here. Let's get moving. We got things to do. And he said, by the way, he said, when I sent you forth, he said, you didn't have anything. Did you lack anything? Nothing. Oh, okay, good. Well, now we're going to add some things as you continue to go on and do the work of the Lord. Well, I want to tell you about this other preacher's wife. So they're over there in the leper colony, and she don't want to touch anything. She doesn't want to touch anybody. She's, you know, scaredy cat and prissy and just not, just complaining and mousy and all that negative stuff and and so um but she said the lord woke her up that's how i got over there with brother duke wasn't it the lord woke her up one night never know with me friend that's the way it's gonna go uh so the lord woke her up one night and uh told her to go and pray so she grabbed up a blanket and went over to the place where they had church at and the floor was a stone floor there was no carpet just stone and uh so she started to spread her blanket so she could get down and pray. And the Lord said, lose the blanket. The Lord, you know, that's really a nasty stone floor. I mean, these people have leprosy all over. They got running sores, oozy stuff. Get rid of the blanket. Okay. So she got down. On her face, on that stone floor. And she began to pray. And the more she prayed, the more God dealt with her. And when she got up from praying, she was delivered from that spirit that was hindering her. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, and I won't lack. He's going to supply. If I'm lacking courage, he can give me courage. If I'm lacking strength, he can give me strength. He can put his strength in me. If I don't think I can do it, he can help me to do it. Okay? If I don't have the proper burden, he can give me a burden. And you'd be best to pray and ask God for these things and so that, you know, you're doing your job and you're doing your part here because if the Lord has to, it's better for you to fall on the rock and be broken than for the rock to fall on you and you be crushed. That speaks of judgment in measure. And uh, 
And I don't think you want that. So you'd be better to just go ahead and get before the Lord and, and get a broken and a contrite spirit because that the Lord will not refuse. Everybody said amen. All right. So as you, so, you know, the woman wound up, preacher's wife wound up going to one of the men that had the, he had no hand because the leprosy had ate it away and, and uh, he would always hide his stub, stump behind his long, blousey part of his robe. And so, and when he'd see her coming, he'd pull it down over, you know, and then he'd just kind of go like that. And she told him, she said, you can, you can stop doing that now. She said, it's okay. You can, you can bring your, your hand out now. She said, it's fine now. And she shook hands with what was there to shake hands with. God delivered her. You hear me? God can change you for the good. You're preaching and teaching and believing in Bible studies and witnessing and, and, and you read it over and over how God changes people for the good. And uh, he, he can change you too. Well, I'm baptized. You know, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, whoopee-doo. We're glad you're here. We're glad you arrived. But that's the threshold. That's the beginning. That's not the ending. You're just a little baby. A little baby. We've got to grow in grace and knowledge. We've got to grow up into him who is the head of all things. There's some, there's some work to do here. Okay? And a lot of it got to be done on you. All right. So as you read through these messages, I want to give to you a little bit, and I won't be long, just another hour. Okay. I'm not going for the record tonight. Don't worry. Second Peter. Simon Peter, a servant. Now, that's a good thing right there, to remember that you are called to be a servant. Okay? Take that, take that attitude. Learn that attitude. All right? Tom, stand up. Now, Tom is a good example of a servant. If I told John, Tom right now to jump down off of here and run around the platform, he would. Around the sanctuary, he would do it. If I told him to run downstairs and fold up a table and bring up a chair, he would do it. He wouldn't question me about it. He wouldn't, you know, you can be seated, Tom. Thank you. You know? Um, and, you, and, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons Tom got such a good job. You hear me? That's why a lot of doors open for certain people. And you wonder, boy, look at them. Look what they got. I didn't get that. Well, maybe you need to, like you do with the oil in the car, you check the oil once in a while. I hope you do. I'm just looking at the people in the congregation who've blown up their engines. Don't worry about it. But, um, but you know, sometimes you've got to check your Holy Ghost oil. Because, you know, if it gets too low, then we get a lot of friction, you know. Get a lot of friction. So we've got to keep that oil flowing. Don't forget, they had to keep, and it was, hello, my job, to keep and make sure that the lamp, the seven candlestick lamp, had the oil in it continually so that the flames would burn continually because otherwise you didn't have the light and then they couldn't see where they were going to do what needed to be done because you see that church house didn't have any windows the tent the wilderness was dark in there and without that light then they wouldn't be able to see the, the shoe bread the word of God 
They wouldn't be able to find the altar of prayer, incense to offer up unto the Lord. And they wouldn't be able to get through that, that ten-curtain veil that brought the high priest into the holiest of holies. There are things that you won't be able to see if you haven't got that oil nice and full, that lamp trimmed and burning brightly. So you, you know, it's, it's so nice when you, um, I'm sure some of you have found yourself in the dark and you're hunting on the wall for the light switch. It's, I know it's over here somewhere, you know. And then when you, you know, and you bumped your toe and your knee and your hip and, and everything else, you know. And then finally, blessedly, you find that switch. Only to find out that the breaker is flipped. No, I'm kidding. And, uh, <laughs> or the light bulb goes out, right? <laughs> and you flip the switch and boom, the light comes on. And Oh, that's why I stubbed my toe, man. That's the, where the, the table is at. And that's why I tripped and hurt my knee because that's where a chair was at. And I didn't see it. But when you get the light, you start seeing things, don't you? And then you can avoid those injurious, self-inflicted wounds that you bring to yourself. And uh, it's spiritually speaking, that's so true for all of us. That if you will get in the church, repent of your sins, we'll baptize you in Jesus' name, God will give you the Holy Ghost, that places you in the church, the body of Christ, and then we'll begin that you're a newborn babe, will begin to teach you and feed you so that you can grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you're learning and growing from Romans to Revelation, you're learning, you know, instead of 101, we can go to 102 or 202 or something. We're advancing here. Well, listen to what Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them, to them that have obtained like precious faith, Everybody said amen. Your faith is precious. Not just your faith in God's ability to do things, but your, the doctrine. Remember that. There are times when faith is used meaning the word doctrine. Okay? Keep that in mind. With, uh, so like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. That's how we got this. We didn't just get it. It didn't just, you know come walking down the street somewhere, or rolling like a stone down the street somewhere, all right? We got this because of the righteousness of God. All right. And our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. Everybody said all things. Lacked you anything? Nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And those are the things that are important. Okay? Those are the things that are important. You can get distracted <clears throat> and pursue. Those ten lepers with all those running sores and mess in their lives. And they look at Jesus Christ and he tells them, hey, everything's good. You go on down the road and show yourself to the authority. And, and then they'll look, check you over and they'll pronounce you okay and clean. And you can get back into being a productive member around here. And uh, you won't have to cry unclean anymore. Now you can go around and cry, clean, clean, Holy Ghost, clean. And so... Uh, one of them comes back to Jesus. 
and becomes, comes back to worship him, comes back to praise him. You know how many people are like the nine lepers that will come to the house of God, come to a good service, and enjoy the presence of God? Some of them we will baptize, and they'll get the great touch of God in their lives, and then we don't see them anymore. Like Jesus, he said, hey, looking at the guy that's worshiping, praising, magnifying, thanking him. And he said, hey, um, where's, the, where's, the, where's the rest of you? Well, there was ten of you, and now where's, where's the nine? They went after other pursuits. They, they chased after this and had an ambition for that. This something got their attention. They went to do that. And they didn't come back to thank Jesus. They didn't come back to church. They didn't come back to congregate together to worship him and thank him and praise him. Well, everybody said amen. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us. You are called. You have a calling on your life. Called us to glory and virtue. He didn't call you to dead, dull, and boring. He called you to glory and to virtue, moral excellence, a power in your life that's going to keep you, okay, so that you're not going to wind up a casualty on the side of the road. You're not going to wind up with some horrible disease known as AIDS or something else. You're, you're not called to end up like that. That's not what he has envisioned for you. If you will not be disobedient to the heavenly vision, that's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, if you're going to spend your days watching the television, you're going to miss the heavenly vision. Because that thing's going to program hellish things in your heart. Everybody said amen. Don't mess with me. I got a quick jab, man. I'll come in there fast. Man. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, was you? Well, I didn't, wasn't either. <laughs> but I will obey my Holy Ghost unction. Whereby are given unto you, whereby are given unto us, rather, exceeding great, and precious promises. Not just great and precious promises, but exceeding great and precious promises. We're pushing the envelope here. You know, we're pushing into this great kingdom of God and the things that God has. He said, call unto me and ask of me. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Oh, yeah. He can open the windows of heaven. He can turn on the bright lights of glory in your life. He can make things happen that you never dreamed were possible, that you wouldn't dare to think could happen to little old you. He can do that. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, what do you mean by these? By these exceeding great and precious promises. You might be partakers, not a spectator, not on the outside with your nose pressed up against the window and you got to look in. No. No, you're going to be on the inside. Okay? Partakers of the divine nature, of his divine nature, actually, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
You get to escape that. You, you get away from the clutches of lust. You get away from those that would soil you and destroy your life. And just do evil things in your life. He's going to, by his divine power, these exceeding great and precious promises that are given unto you, he's going to cause you to be able to escape and, you know, without him, he asked the question at least one time. He said, how shall you escape? For Hebrews, the writer said, how shall we escape if we neglect? If you turn your back on God, if you put your nose up to God, if you close your mind down in unbelief and complaining all the time, how are you going to escape? How are you going to escape? Spirits are going to swallow you up. Bulls of Bashan, the writer said, they're going to surround you. So you've got, to, you've got to get into this here. Listen to what he said is the remedy now. He said, and besides this, all these great and precious promises, the divine power, the divine nature, he said, besides this, giving all diligence, you've got to sit up. You've got to perk up. You've got to get a hearing ear. You've got to open the door of your heart. You've got to pay attention. You've got you to put some effort into this. Besides, besides this, giving all, not a part, you can't, you can't give a little bit. You got to, you got to put into this. Some, one preacher said one time, he said, 90% won't do. He said, you got to give 100%. Well, my old coach used to say 110. Woe unto you if you didn't give it. <laughs> Woe unto us in this if we don't give it. And beside this, giving all diligence. Add. Everybody said add. Everybody said two and two. Is four. Glad we learned that much. Add to your faith. And you, God has given you faith. You have a measure of faith. You have seed faith. He has placed that in your heart. So don't go Playing the pity party. Woe is me. I don't have any faith. And use that for an excuse not to do anything. Because God said, I've given you faith. I've given you faith. All right? So he said, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, he wants you to add knowledge. And to knowledge, and, and he doesn't want you to add carnal knowledge. He wants you to add spiritual knowledge. You don't need to know and peer into dark places and know what the world and how the devil does it. Oh, no, don't join the nine running off all over the place. You be among the one that comes back and you get there and worship God and you get your knowledge from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God, from the presence of God. I'm going to tell you again, if you got your mind on a bunch of smut in a computer, then you better take that computer and chuck it in the canal. Don't even wait to sell it on eBay. Just go throw it in the canal and be done with it. Be better for you to go through life without your right hand than to enter into hell whole. And so on and so forth is the teaching. You cut off the evil that's affecting you. Let's get rid of it. Let's move it out. 
You know, I told somebody the other night, I think it was Brother Williams up here, I said, I guarantee there's a lot of people that that uh, Pete stand up that never would have believed that I would like the guitar in church. And as I said, I can't get him to turn it up loud enough. I can't stand it when he's fumbling with the guitar and we're already into the song. I'm like, come on, Pete, come on, Pete, you know. Can you hear me? Here. Okay. All right. You can be seated. Thank you. So what I'm saying to you is that, uh, you know, we want to add here. We're not in the subtracting business. We're in the adding, and as a matter of fact, Bible word, the multiplying business. Okay? I think I read grace and peace be multiplied unto thee. All right. So let's not, I like, I like the guitar, and I like, I like rap for Jesus. I'm okay with rap for Jesus. It's just poetry in motion. I'm all about it. It's wonderful. But I'm not interested in worldly rap. I'm not interested in their filth and their smut and their garbage and their sexual innuendos. I'm not interested in that stuff. And you shouldn't be interested in that. And as a parent, you should make sure your child is not getting interested in that. Go for that record. All right. And to knowledge, we want to add temperance. That's a self-discipline, okay? Uh, you discipline yourself. Many athletes discipline themselves to uh, be able to do whatever it is they're trying to achieve. How much more? That's natural thing, natural thing. And you know what? So what if they can jump higher or run faster and get some trophy somewhere or some medal somewhere? So what? They're going to die. And without this truth, they're going to go to the wrong place for all of eternity because they would not get the experience and work with it that would cause them to escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. Strong desire for the wrong things. That's what lust is. We want one preacher preach divine lust. If you're going to have a strong desire, get it going in the right direction. Channel it in, the, in prayer. Channel it in worship. Channel it through the Word of God. Channel it in the spiritual things that the Word of God will teach you. Everybody said hallelujah. So, we're going to add a self-discipline. Paul said he likened it uh, unto a race, and he likened it unto even an Olympian training. He said, I bring my body under subjection. That I got to die daily because this flesh is monster-like. This flesh gets in control, and it wants to do what it wants to do. And it gives me a bad spirit. It gives me a bad attitude. I, don't, I lose in my heart the, the work of God and the things of God. Sometimes we have to take people on our heart and pray for them because they've lost something in their heart. One woman in the Bible said that she had to get the lamp out and turn it up, and she had to get the broom out, and she had to start sweeping up because she had to find out where that was that she lost. I got to find what I lost. I got to recapture what I lost here. Let me tell you, the devil will steal things out of our lives. We got to be diligent. That's what she did. She brightened up the place. And she, that's right, you get in the right place with the right people and things will start brightening up. You won't be talking about the wrong things. You hear me? You will not be talking about watching the wrong things. 
You won't be involving yourself. You'll be around people that are walking in the light. You'll have a blood-washed fellowship. You'll, you'll have compatibility. You'll, you'll be talking one to another about the Lord. You won't be talking about dirty jokes or dirty movies or dirty lyrics to some rap stuff. Oh, no, that's not what's going to happen. And, and you know what? Some people aren't. They, they have a bad um, disease. They have disease of, I'm not sorry I done it. I'm just sorry I got caught. When there should be an attitude of repentance that, that says, I'm sorry that I did that or said that or acted that way. But most people that you find, if you're not careful, they're not sorry at all. It's who told? Who told? Well, if there wasn't nothing to tell, then you wouldn't be asking that. If you hadn't said it, if you hadn't done it, then you wouldn't have to be upset with who told? Because that just shows the truth of your heart. That you're not sorry that you did something wrong or said something wrong. You're just sorry you got caught. You're just sorry. Not that you had your hand in the cookie jar with the cookie and the other one you're chewing on while you're getting another one. It's just that you got caught. You know? And that's an improper attitude. So look, we wanna we wanna bring this old body under subjection. Paul said, I die daily to this old flesh. I got to deal with this every day, all right? Got to get it under subjection. Otherwise, next thing you know, I'm gossiping or I'm, I'm losing my temper or I'm thinking wrong thoughts and dwelling on them and so on and so forth, you know. And I'm going to tell you again, this, all this social media networking and all of the capabilities that are built into phones and iPads and so on and so forth, things of such like. Uh, you better remember that if you're not very careful and very temperate, there are spirits that are going to walk you right into sin, going to walk you right out of God's church, God's house, God's, God's heavenly vision, and you're going to find yourself across the line you're going to find yourself unclean with sin or leprosy. And you're going to be on your way to not escaping. So you better, it's like I tell you about credit cards. You use the credit card to your advantage. Don't let the credit card use you to where you find yourself at a disadvantage. So you might want to make things work for you. Romans 8 and 28 if you'll do it right, if you'll love God, if you're doing what's according to the calling and the purpose, then all things are going to work together for the good, okay? It's going to all, God's going to make it all dovetail together. But you start getting the, against God's calling and against God's grace and going in wrong directions, and you're going to find out that things aren't going to work out well at all, and you're going to wonder why. Well, I'm trying to tell you why. Well, the Bible is. So let's add Let's be sure to add temperance to our knowledge. We want to have self-discipline. We want to learn how to die to the flesh and walk in the spirit. Have spiritual desires and thoughts and attitudes. To love the Lord and to love his work. Everybody said amen. And to temperance, we want to add patience. I didn't tell you to ask for it. Just go ahead and add. 
Because, you know, if you had, ask for patience, you're probably going to have a rough day tomorrow. Because tribulation worketh patience. And that tribulation bar and weights is heavy. You know, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to wonder why. Well, you asked for patience. So you're getting that, that patience exercise. So just go ahead and add patience to things. And, you know, some people betray that they're in the flesh. Every little thing bothers them. Every little thing bothers them. They're so impatient. Every little thing. The door doesn't open right. They just, what's wrong with you? Every little thing. Everything's just not like they want it. And, you know, it's a sign. It's a symptom. That, that old flesh is like leaven. It's risen up. Okay? So you just cool it. Exercise a little patience here. Don't get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of the church. We're moving. It's like one guy said, the coach kept yelling at him. Kept saying, come on, you're not running fast enough. So the guy was running along full speed. And glanced over and he said, you don't think I'm running fast enough? He said, come on out here and try to keep up with me. You just get in the church and you start keeping the schedule. You'll find out whether or not we're running fast enough. Okay? You'll find out the schedule's pretty torrid. You start signing up and volunteering for each and everything. And you'll find out the church is plenty busy. And, and if anything, going to be more busy. All right. Everybody said hallelujah. So then, let's see now. We're going to add patience to what? To godliness. To godliness. We want to be godlike. All right? And then we want to add that godliness to brotherly kindness. And we want to add brotherly kindness to charity, which is the love of God. There's a big difference between the love of God and the lust that's in this world. This world is geared around lust. Everything's to promote that. And it's corruption. It will make you rotten and spoiled and destroy. So then listen to what he went on to say as I close, and I, I know you're waiting for that. Or if these things be in you and abound, these are growing in you, Abounding, it speaks of, of an abundance. You've heard of something by leaps and bounds. Well, this is abounding. Okay? If these things be in you and abound. And, and you know what? Abound also brings like a sense of life. It's growing. It's growing. It's not dead. God's not dead. The church isn't dead. If you think something's dead, check yourself. You smell something bad, might be your own corrupted flesh. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's the, the Lord. If he's your shepherd, you shall not want or lack. Everybody said lack. But he that lacketh these things, now, if we're lacking, that means we're not letting the Lord be the shepherd here. If he's our shepherd, we're not going to lack. He's going to be supplying everything. He said, I sent you out. Did you lack anything? Nothing. Nothing. Very good. Now we're going to add to that. Well, that's what he's telling you to do here. So 
He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Very short-sighted. Living for the moment, not looking down the road. There's an eternity out there. All right. And cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged, that she was purged from his or her old sins. But look what he said. He said, wherefore, the rather. In other words, there's another option here. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, church, give diligence to make your calling. I told you have a calling. Don't run from your calling. Don't be a bunch of chickens like those nine that, that bailed out on Jesus and went all other kinds of ways and hid behind all other kinds of pursuits and ambitions. and Didn't have the courage and the gratefulness to go back and worship him and thank him and praise him and lay their lives at his feet. So he said, you give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. We're not involved with something just for a little while. This is an everlasting, an eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Lord and Savior. He said, wherefore, I will not be diligent. That's me. I will not be negligent. I'm sorry, not diligent, negligent. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, even if it takes me an hour. Though ye know them, you should know them, and be established in the present truth. He said, yes, I think it proper, meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Everybody said praise the Lord. You can stand now. I think um, a lot of the kids I buy candy or I give them some candy. But I think tonight maybe we did a little meat and potatoes, okay? Don't want you to um, develop any kind of diabetes. So we got to give some fiber. We'll have some meat and potatoes meat and potatoes and carrots and a few other things to uh, balance our diet. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. We want to be an army like Abraham that rescues people, has the strength to rescue people from spirits, and spirits that bring infirmities and diseases and corrupt their lives. And we want to pull people out of the fire, as the book says. Others save with fear of pulling them out of the fire. And in so doing, you save a soul from death. We want to be in that army. We want to be strong enough. So we've got to, we've got to be adding. So you, you stay with the church. You stay with the work of God. You praise Him. You worship Him. And I'm all for a good laugh uh, built around godly humor. I'm all for that. But I also want us to be vigilant and sober. I want us to be balanced. I want us to be about what's important, okay? And 
what we're involved with is of the utmost importance. So sometimes it just comes down to all of us growing a little bit, stretching out a little bit. And if you don't think you can do it, well, you just ask the Lord, and he'll help you to grow enough to do it. And we have a lot to do. Everybody said hallelujah. Take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands. I love you, Jesus Christ. I need your holy touch every moment of every day in my life. I need the strength and the victory that comes from heaven. Put your strength in us, Jesus Christ. Help us, O holy God, to do your divine will. We need the presence of the Holy Ghost and fire. We need the unction of God in our hearts and our minds. O holy Lord, O holy Lord, O holy Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Need more of you, Lord. Oh, yeah. More power. Come on, Lord. More of you. Got a good life for you. Yes, he does. Got the best life for you. He's your shepherd. He's not going to let you want or lack for any necessary thing. 